0: All right, hey, uh, welcome everybody. I think this is episode five, and for this episode, we had my ranger buddy Dave, who was uh, I grew up in second ranger battalion with, and he and I later went to selection for uh, global response staff GRS together, and he now helps me teach all the training northwest classes out at the range. Yep. And he, oh, I should say, he also is currently a firefighter in a. I'm going to say a major West coast city. So he sees a lot of uh, pretty gnarly medical calls. So it it was good to sit down with him and have a conversation about his uh, sort of first responder experience.
1: Yeah. Fun guy wears (laughs) underwear. He he doesn't wear underwear. He doesn't wear underwear. Yeah. Yeah. So we found that out. Rangers don't wear underwear. Um,
0: You guys thought I was
1: lying. No, I didn't think you were lying. I just, I thought, you know, that, that stick with the Rangers, but it just, it's a lifelong thing. So, yeah. If you're if you're a ranger out there and you wear underwear,
0: we want to hear from yeah. you. It's
1: like Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, let us know.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy the uh, enjoy the episode. All right, well, here we are then. This would be episode five, five. I think, of our yeah, Enlighten Neanderthals podcast. And we've got my army buddy Dave sitting here. He came up to, he helps me teach the training Northwest classes. So we had our first round of 2023 yesterday, which went off really well. Um, and as far as, you know, topic for today, I think maybe the most interesting thing we can talk about is Dave is a medic, EMS, firefighter in a major West Coast city. So he sees a lot of shit that, you know, kind of ties in not not
2: what you're thinking. Like people covered in their own shit. Yeah, that's, no. that, yeah, yeah, that's what I see. Literally, human yeah. shit.
0: Sometimes, yeah, all of it. Um, yeah, so we, we can talk about uh, a little bit of first responder medicine and the 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 status of society out here on the West Coast. Um Dave, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Talk about where 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 are you from, Dave? I'm I'm Toby. Wait, um, yeah, okay,
2: so intro for me, Jesus, do, do we have enough tape on this, I'll sum it up, so I grew up in Florida, um, I found myself joining the army,
3: hang on, I go, qu- on like, yeah, already. on the coast, yeah, there, quick question real yeah. quick, yeah. Yeah, 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 on the coast or central Florida? Yeah, so, I, so I grew up more, um, it's
2: a town called Deerfield Beach, it's just north of Fort Lauderdale, so South Florida, yeah. so, and on the coast, and, um, that was and, spring break, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring spring break brings quite what you would think on mm. spring break, but uh, yeah, man. But I got out of there pretty early. I joined I joined the army when I was seventeen, so everyone asked me like that, like so. At that time, like, I didn't know shit about spring break. You know what I mean? Like I'm not out there partying up. And barely just just got my driver's license, and uh, but um, but then I wound up moving back after. Um, After a while, and we landed in a place called Melbourne, which is pretty cool. It's like the Space Coast area, so where Cape Canaveral is directly um, east of Orlando. And it's a totally different vibe. I mean, all of Florida is Florida. You know, Florida man is everywhere you you turn. (laughs) Um, And, you know, alligators crossing the street and all that shit. But, um, But it was a good experience, and I wound up back there a couple times. But Pacific Northwest is pretty cool, man. We miss the seasons in the mountains, and there's, it's just such beautiful country. Um, unfortunately, you do have to put up with some of the people in more of the, the populated metro areas, you know. But but some of that shit is pretty cool, too, man. You got good coffee, good beer, this whole sex-positive thing. I like being able to st- throw a rock at one strip club to hit the next strip club to hit the next strip club. It's pretty, it pretty badass, you know. I mean, anyways, but... uh. But yeah, I, I kind of stumbled into, into firefight, and after I feel like this is a different different life um, from the the gunslinging stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, more appropriately, like uh, technically, if, if anyone listens to this and hears like, so my my certification is not as a paramedic. I'm still technically an EMT basic. Um, we kind of joke about being super basics because like I could still start an IV or needle decompress or do some of these like paramedic skills that are not particularly hard It's just kind of regulated by licensing of, of what you can do at this level versus this level. And when someone is, is hurting real bad, if the paramedic that we have is like, needs to do five different things, he knows he can throw some stuff at me like, Hey, can you start this airway or can you start this line or whatever? And so, um, so we're working hand in hand. So other than being able to, to push certain drugs or read an EKG rhythm strip and be like well what rhythm is that I'm like I don't know I'm not a fucking paramedic dude you know but um but as far as like a lot of the practical stuff like stopping bleeding keep, keeping someone become someone breathing that's the shit that's just like the bread and butter it's like mastering the basics like anything with being out on the range um those are the things that people can easily save lives and just do something really quick and and I've got fairly good at that Cause it's just like mastering the basics and then you do it enough to where it becomes just like another day at the office where it's not catching you off guard. Like, Oh, this dude's bleeding out. Yep. Yep. I know. That's why we're here. He's bleeding out. So let's fucking grab this and let's do that. Let's plug this hole and dot, 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 go down the algorithm. And it's usually not till after the situation where like, okay, you're passing them off to, to surgeons on, in the OR or a doc at the ER. You're just like, Oh, wait a minute. Shit, that was pretty intense, right? But in the moment, you're just okay. Now it's it's go time. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for you to do some more, incorporate some more med- medical stuff with training Northwest because it's kind of a forgotten thing. Like everyone wants to put holes and targets and look sexy and stuff, and it's not sexy like stopping someone from bleeding. But and it's not just a gunfight, too, man. We go to some weird scenarios where someone's bleeding out here, or it's like, wait a minute, this person's acting like. They have attention pneumo, but there's no gunshot wound. Like, well, yeah, they got a collapsed lung. They just got in a car wreck or they fell from a ladder. And so, oh, we still have to needle decompress oh, to save them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay. yeah. So, anyways, so that stuff, that stuff happens, you know, like my kids right now are 12 and 16. I gave them a freaking, you know, stop the bleed class every now and again just to keep those skills fresh, man, because uh, you never know who's going to run into that shit. And it really is children level skills that can do these things. What's what's the there's like the ABCs right for, for airway sure. breathing circulation and circulation and yeah.
1: what what is that for stop the bleed is there like something like that so
2: you? um so that that's actually good so stop so stop the bleed is is a um is like it, so it's it's like a campaign that some um, some folks started and I'm not entirely familiar with their their algorithm or how they teach but my guess would be it's it goes off of a t triple c which is tactical combat casualty care it's kind of like the the brainchild of all these years of combat and then them boiling down these are the these are the common things to stop battlefield casualties and with that algorithm it winds up being march um m-a-r-c-h and so uh an m is massive hemorrhaging and actually, even when we were um, in the Rangers, even though it technically it was ABCs, um, our medics were always just like, okay, nope, gross bleeding, gross major bleeding. They didn't have the March algorithm yet, but they were like, if you show up and the dude is completely bleeding out somewhere or there's an amputation, um, for you to go to airway first, which is the A, Mm-hmm it doesn't fucking matter if you give him a good airway because now in that amount of time he's lost another freaking 500 cc's or another liter of blood, and now he's fucking dead, right? So so we switched it to, like, if anything you see that can be tourniqueted, that's the very first thing you do, whether you see the wound, whether it's so close. Um, and so in the MARCH algorithm, that's really
0: the M. Yeah, you know? And for anybody who had first aid, you know, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, Um, One of the small silver linings that came out of the war on terror is that trauma surgeons have gotten really good at saving limbs like hours after a tourniquet's been applied. (laughs) Because if you go back to like 2000, when I was coming through basic training and uh, like the Ranger Indoc, we were taught that a tourniquet was a last resort because you're you're probably going to, you're you're, you're sacrificing that limb to to save the body. And that's not really true anymore, right?
2: Yeah, it, well, in fact, it's it's never been true. It, it's kind of like this this coin thing, and and I like I don't know. I would be um, pressed to to think that lawyers were involved and people were scared to throw a tourniquet on because if somebody lost sensation or something to a limb, then someone's going to be sued for malpractice or whatever. And so they're like, no, that's the last resort because it's going to do all this damage. But like the reality is, like if you go into surgery and you're going to have something done further down on like say your arm the surgeons will put a fucking tourniquet on and you'll be in surgery for hours with that tourniquet on stopping the flow so they can work on stuff so there's not blood squirting out of what they're fixing or doing and then they just all right it's fixed in this time it goes back and they have their limbs so it's like well if a surgeon can stop blood flow to that limb for hours why are we squabbling over that's the last resort on the battlefield when we can get him to, you know, a field hospital or some more definitive care within within an hour, in that golden hour. And
0: um, I was, I was just, Hang on, let's let's not gloss past the golden hour because that's another great hmm. concept for... Uh, golden you know, shower or golden hour? Both. Both are great <coughs> concepts. Okay, Because people, we're people f- need I'm familiar. To I'm now. really familiar All with right, both Mike, of those. Mike, guys. we need you to lay on the floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Are we, are we doing family. the baby step where we introduce just a layer of saran wrap, you know, to just kind of see the, get the visuals no, or Mike, Mike does not need just baby full warmth. <laughs> yeah. and, okay. He's ready. Yeah. This is
0: all thing man, right? <laughs> yeah. No, so, it, Dave, explain what the golden hour is.
2: Um, so the golden hour is basically when you go to my understanding and this is where, you know, there's going to be so many fucking haters out there, but like. Fuck you guys. It's basically like the time that you need to get to. Yeah, fuck the haters, dude. So it's basically the time you need to be able to get to a doctor. So it's like, so if you were going by ABC and then D it's like, this guy needs a D for doctor. Okay. We doing all this shit. It's like, great, but really we need to be moving to the hospital. And that's actually something that, um, just this dumb little EMT basic on this, the streets of, um, medicine of doing things. You'll get these ambulances that come in and they want to do everything right there. And I'm like, Nope. Like, Let's go. This can be done on the way to the hospital because this guy needs a surgeon. This guy needs more definitive care than what we're going to do in the field. But they get tunnel vision of like, oh, I can do this and this and let's get a blood pressure and let's get a rhythm on the EKG. It's like, fuck all of that right here. Let's get them loaded because that golden hour is the time of where like if they need blood, if they need surgery, if they need any of these things, all those mechanisms in our bodies that um the shock that can compensate for what blood was lost or what is happening, that's the window of time. If you start going beyond that, then your chances of survival from whatever the trauma is, like just takes a nosedive off the off the statistics. So in that golden hour is like that's it's the savable window, basically.
1: So like the dilation of veins and arteries and shit like that kinda restricting blood flow to yeah, stuff so, like yeah. that starts going away after an hour? Yeah, it's or? like your
0: adrenaline wears off, and all the sort of shock mechanisms that your body has in it to protect itself and to preserve itself start to wear off, and it goes back to function as normal, except now there's a giant hole there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or a leg missing or a, a big yeah. cut. Um, so it, it's sort of like – and I, my understanding is where that came from, like military-wise, is they did some sort of study and found that anytime they got a casualty – into the ER under a surgeon within an hour, the the percentage of them, it was like a 96% survival rate. As long as they made it to the cash combat, but support hospital. Sure, within. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking flushed all yeah. the acronyms, dude. When you when you're like ABCs, I'm like, okay, I remember ABC.
2: I'm like, fuck, there was March and T Triple C. Am I gonna remember that right now? Yeah, I, yeah. Should, I, I
0: imagine
1: I imagine when you're in the job, you know, it's kind of just you're doing it. Yeah. It doesn't much no, matter.
2: No, absolutely. But like 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 anything, you um, got some
0: asshole evaluating you in the right seat who's like, all right, which
3: which letter of the acronym are you on now? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. My fucking driving
1: test went like that (laughs) well
3: and it's got to be easier to do it in the city because if you think about that say you're in a car accident or you know you're in a metropolitan area from the time it happens to have dispatch call whatever service needs to be relayed and get there it's like yeah within a city it seems like that golden hour is much more obtainable but then you read like certain hunting stories or people that live in rural areas yeah and it's like that's where
0: it really gets yeah well it's a great point because the farther you know if you live in a metropolitan area you kind of a lot of people end up outsourcing all their measures of safety and security you know, they expect the police to show up. They expect EMS to show up. And you find that yeah. as you get away from that, like where I grew up, out in the sticks, like people yeah. aren't as reliant on, uh, you know, government services. They're li- it's a little more that, like I like to say with Training Northwest, they're a little more I rely on me. But a lot of times they kind of drop the ball at... You know, medicine doesn't go beyond bracing a broken, you know, they, they can splint a broken bone, but when it comes, I mean, what really can you do, I guess, for massive trauma other than get someone to a hospital?
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's it. I mean, massive, tra- at some point people, everyone dies. Oh, we had a great medic, Doc Poe. That's not, that's not an Asian name. Doc Poe. Well, that's it's, also it's a, a sh- farmer doctor. Dr. <laughs> Poe. Yeah. Oh, it? is it really? Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, it- so, um, well, well, he was always saying he's like everyone dies from shock of some sort, and I'm like, well, what, what's that? He's like inadequate tissue profusion. you know. I'm like, okay, <laughs> and that's basically like okay, all the all the vital things in your body that need to function and get oxygen and, and nutrients from your blood. It's not whether that's due to your heart stops pumping the blood or. In in our trauma, where it's like hypovolemia, low volume of fluid or of blood in your in your body is not able to get those things to those vital things, and then so you'll die. So, eventually, like that is the that's the common denominator p- between anything. And with that, getting to the hospital, like everyone's like, oh, give them fluids, but. They found out from this trauma medicine that like, and remember when we were everyone had their own IV. So when we were young rangers, we had like a five hundred little milliliter bag yeah. and an IV starter like for us. Either, right? Yeah, that was like part of our protocol. To oh, he's hit. He's losing blood. Let's replace that volume. But what we've we've come to find out is that even though your blood pressure is lowering as your volume is leaving and you're trying to supplant that you're trying to supplement that what ended up happening is they found out that as your blood pressure is coming down that's there's a certain window where that's actually good because wherever the bleeding is occurring say it's not external it's inside your blood is is clotting it's it's forming areas to stop we have some awesome protective mechanisms now if you and, and if your your blood pressure goes down to, say, like 100, and you're like, hey, let's give them fluids right now, shit, now you bumped it up. It's like a freaking garden hose. Like, say you're holding on it, now you increase the pressure, and now you're blowing clots, and then you're actually contributing to more bleeding. So what you need is not fluid, it's blood. You need more blood for the blood yeah. you lost. And we don't carry blood in the field, right? And that's how there's, these, there's new things now where... Um, they're looking to like do like basically like blood transfusions from soldier to soldier in the field right now, which is, which is pretty cool.
0: I thought that was like, ha- there's, there's, it's, it's being done. I thought. Yeah,
2: no, no, it's, okay. it, yeah, no, it, it is. But I'm saying like, we weren't doing that. We were just pl- plugging fluid at at right. that time, you yes. know? And um, so, so now, and that's the whole point of all of this was that golden hour when you're getting to the hospital, they have the blood stores, they have the things that you need immediately to, Stop the whole process of all this like acidosis and all this shit that's happening as your body is trying to compensate and stay alive
3: when you just lost all this life saving uh juice. Yeah. So uh, in the field, you said they're like they'll tether from one person to another person, just um, a straight so, IV. So, so, so I've never, uh, so I've never, I've never done it,
2: but I've it's started uh, to hear it. Yeah, 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 it's, it's like cheek a, do- cheek. it's like a docking. <laughs> It's pretty much, pretty much docking. We're all fluids from one go to the next. Um, yeah, yeah. It's basically it. Like a a guy with the same blood type, like you're literally going to like, oh, hey, he's, he's uh, a positive. I don't think it's person to person. I think it's more like shit. I need freaking, I need to fill this bag with blood and, and. The um, draw it and then turn around and yeah, turn, turn around and, and, and give it. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. That's crazy. That'd so be
1: gnarly if it was person to person, though. You just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: My get, court low. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bud. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, but, anyways, yeah, but the the, the I wanted I did want to speak real quick too because a lot of times people think, um, you know, I'm going to call 911 and the, everyone's going to come running, but unfortunately, all the shit bags that call 911 for a stub toe or for things that aren't emergencies. Everyone gets compassion fatigue or, or you hear like, Oh, right. It's a stroke. We're going to go on. Oh, oh, it's, this is a bleeding issue. So everyone's just like, you'll rush, you'll get there. And then we'll be like, yeah, where's the patient? Oh, I'm right here. And then it's a guy eating a bowl of cereal. I'm like, what's the fucking emergency? Yeah, man, I, I, uh, I cut my foot or, and you're just like, what the fuck? So there's so many of those to where we we're not, we're not fucking bolting out the gate. Like that's, that's the deal. Like, okay, yeah, we got a call. We'll get there. But it's not like this. We gotta get there right now because yeah, we're fucking, fucking yeah. burn out, dude. Yeah, it's just like you run all of these and you and it, it becomes like a, a longevity of a um, of a self preservation thing. It's like, well, dude, I got a forty eight hour shift, man. I gotta make it to the end. If I do have to run into a fucking burning building, I gotta have a little bit of energy for me and my crew and whoever is trapped inside of there. So, like, am I gonna sit here and be at you know be at eleven every fucking call? No. So the point of, like, stopping the bleed, you can't rely, even if you're in the city, you know, yeah, we'll be there in six minutes. Once well, six minutes, you'll bleed out. So someone that can do direct pressure, throw, slap a tourniquet on, um, and, and actually, like, have those skills, that's what's going to save your life, man. Or start start moving towards the hospital. Don't wait for the people to come to you. Dude, there's that fucking, you seen there's this guy who's like, it's like some YouTube deal. He's shooting some gun. I think it was like a 50 cal and he's on a bench and then something like blew up or backfired or whatever. And, um, a piece of shrapnel basically from the explosion came and it got either his carotid and, um,
0: and like cut his neck open. Yeah. 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 Cut his neck
2: open and they're out in the country. And then like the dude's father who was filming or something came in and was like, like put direct pressure immediately and he would remove his finger and then would start squirting again. And, and it's just like, fuck. And he would, like, start to kind of go out every time they would, like, remove, <laughs> right? And so it's like, dude, dude, just hold this. So the guy is, like, <laughs> with it, and he's putting this pressure on his neck to hold this thing. And they're like, okay, let's go to the hospital right now. And they rode to the hospital, and this guy just held that pressure shut. That's what saved That's what saved his fucking life. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no way they could have got somewhere. But if they're just like, oh, he's bleeding, what do I do? I don't know. Call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead, dude. You know?
0: Yeah, I'll sit here and so. watch while we wait for the ambulance. <laughs>
1: It's like <laughs> having, a, having a white belt choke you out. <laughs> just just enough pressure just to enough. not go out, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, so what, anyways, uh, dude. what what would you, like, rough estimate is the split between medical calls and actual fires?
2: Oh, 80, 80, uh, 80, 20. Is, 80 is medical? 80 is medical, yeah. Okay. Or, or that other. medical. Or, yeah,
1: other. Uh, yeah, I wanted to hear that. Yeah. What, what, what's the crazy shit that you're running into? I was just going to say, of, p-
0: of the medical calls now, how many of them are fentanyl or heroin <laughs> or methamphetamine related?
2: Um, in the large West Coast urban uh, populations where um, those drugs are decriminalized and where people are kind of allowed to run amok, um, maybe 75% of that 80. Damn. <laughs> A shit, majority, shit. yeah. 75% of 100%? No, of
0: no, no. The of the so, okay. 80%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, maybe, so, so, out
2: of 80, wait, no, 60% I, I, I get, of the time? I get, I get we're, what, we're what he said. I get what he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's just how I feel. It depends on the areas, but that that is a majority of the calls, you know. Um. And, and it's sad, and even if it's not. Is a, it
0: mostly ODs, or is it just people high as shit and doing crazy stuff and hurting themselves because they're high and they don't have... Any awareness of what they're doing, or is it um, just straight up overdose, so, overdose, overdose?
2: So there was a, there's been a shift. So right now, so when meth was the, meth was the, um, a bigger player than, yeah, the good uh, old days, <laughs> the good old days of meth when that was the bigger player from fentanyl, um, or the opiates. Then then you'd have more of the crazy people, folks, written, people written wanted written to get their out, clothes off, yeah. you know, like like this, like the fucking cornholio, right? <laughs> and you show up, you're like. <laughs> yeah teepee. Yeah. exactly yeah i was telling toby yesterday it was funny man you roll up and you're so used to seeing it and there was this dude spazzing out on the sidewalk he's beating his head against the sidewalk and he's just saying fucking kill me kill me fucking kill me and um we roll up we clearly see the guy writhing on the ground but then there's this like freaking bystander with their dog like just staring Jesus. and so i so i i pull up and i look at the bystander and i was like hey uh sir are we here for you <laughs> and then this guy's over here freaking just writhing in his freaking drug whatever <laughs> agony and the dude's just like looking I'm like we're here for you and he's like oh no 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 that guy I was like oh him are you sure okay thanks thank, thank you we got this like <laughs> fuck man um but and then we just stand there as he's doing it like well we're gonna need more people to hold him down before we can give him some some night night medicine to like get him on a stretcher, even to the hospital, but that was, you guys don't blow guns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should. <laughs> <dart> them, <dude. laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, let's, uh, let's dude, Yeah, let's, the uh, trank guns. Like yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. From- yeah. That would never just get used in the station randomly pouring a cup of coffee. Fuck. <laughs> 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 but, um, so, but now that met or now that, um, fentanyl on the street, dude, I've heard different pricing. So like one, one pill, they're calling blues. Cause they are these <clears throat> blue little pills. Um, and they're not. It's not just like the fentanyl you're getting prescribed. This is the stuff where like the the chemicals are getting shipped from China. They're manufacturing them in Mexico. They're throwing them up in the just like, in just the truckloads of these things. Fifty cents to two bucks for a pill. Are you serious? That's, That's it. Yeah. So like, so when they're like, hey, let me get some money every five Fuck, bucks. Dude, these
0: these chiladas are like five bucks each. We got to yeah. switch. That's a uh, bunch <laughs> of fentanyl. <laughs> we we, we got to yeah. do something different next week.
2: So with the predominance of that, those calls, those OD calls, it's a depressant. So everyone winds up not breathing. Um, And so if someone gets found in the state where they're still breathing slightly, then there is stuff that we can do. But a lot of times we go on overdoses and they're. Dude, they're done. They've been laying there. They're cold to touch. They're stiff. And you could tell they just slumped in whatever position they were in. DRT. Some, dead right there. <laughs> dead right there. DRT. Yeah. The crazy shit is, and this, some of the saddest stuff is, like, you'll see, like, these freaking kids, you know, or someone in their 20s, they're, they're living out in the street. They're by themselves. They're all slumped over. They're frozen solid, basically, not from temperature, but just from rigor mortis. And you could tell it was some kind of, like, fentanyl overdose. And... The people that like wave you down and then they point like yeah right there right there they wave you down and we're like cool and then they disappear and you find out where they disappear because you look and like well does this guy have any ID and dude they ro- they rob the freaking yeah they, they rob the corpse rob yeah. the corpse dude you know and you're just like god damn man like
0: uh, ID phew. yeah yeah do you guys have extensive protocols for not exposing yourselves to fentanyl um. No, no, because that's scary shit. Where if you it accidentally is, get a little bit on your skin, then you're going to go into overdose. Right?
2: Yeah. L- luckily, if you're with if you're with people, so so Narcan is is the thing now that they're that they're giving out over the counter to where um it's it reverses all the effects of opiates. And so, like on the street, they're giving out Narcan, and we will sometimes come across to where the person, whoever the a friend was or whoever found him like, yeah, I already gave him, I gave him two Narcan or whatever. We're like, Oh, cool. And that does, it is bringing them out of their high and getting them breathing again. Um, but, uh, so if I were to like, say, touch some powder and then all of a sudden just start (laughs) going down, if as in falling down, not yeah, going down, I know what you're thinking. I I see you pitching 10 over there, Toby, but, um, (laughs) So if that starts to happen, then you literally, like, could look. You see pinpoint pupils is, is something real. So, like, for any, anyone out there, if you're like, oh, it's an overdose. If someone is down and they're slumped and you're trying to figure out what the fuck and they're breathing really slow, lifting up their eyelids. And if they're pinpoint pupils is, is a dead indicator that there's some kind of um, opiate in their system. And it's not reactive to light. They're like, oh, shit. And that's the case where they just need to get breathing again. So, um, and then once you reverse that, then it's okay. So if I were to, like, have an intentional thing and went down and someone and the medic would just fucking Narcan me and then wait till the stuff metabolizes out of your system. And just getting Narcan is, isn't like, oh, we gave him Narcan, he's good. Like, well, sure. Now when the Narcan wears off, is there still enough fentanyl in your system Jeez. to bring you back to
0: that thing? And so anyways. Have you had the Narcan, any EMS people who have had accidental contact no. or a police officer? Nope. No? Okay. No. Nope. Well, that's good. No. Nope. Do you guys have to go into the uh, homeless camps at all? Or do you? Yeah, yeah. Actually wade into the, the middle of all that shit?
2: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it depends. Like we've gotten, we've gotten a lot smarter because the exposure to ourselves with um, stepping on needles or just safety, man, because uh, first responders, you know, like that's one of the that's one of the downsides to doing fire after uh, a career of carrying a gun for a living is, is like you're going into these places unarmed. And so you do feel naked. So, um, it's funny, like, you know, people call in for these fires in these homeless camps, um, like a warming fire and we have to go in there and check to see if it's in a barrel or whatever. And so I'll, I'll, I'll bring like this big ass, like pike pole, which is like this freaking <laughs> like a Lance, like you see some Spartan with it and they're like, no dude, it's just a, it's just a warming fire. You're not going to need that. Cause people will think. Oh, I'm gonna go pull ceiling out here in this one. Like, no, yeah. this is to stick some motherfucker in the face. So like, <laughs> guess This is for close. Some brave heart shit Yeah, to yeah, exactly. I'm gonna spike this freaking end of this axe mm-hmm. in this dude's head and save the fucking day, and then go home on fucking un or uh, paid leave for a while while they investigate this motherfucker. Not but damn. uh, but yeah, but um, but we have gotten better to like, nope, if you want help, you guys got to come out here. We're not going into your camp. That's dangerous to us. Like fuck, like, fuck yeah. you, man. If a dude's laying dead in there, then you drag him out here because we're not going to come in there and get attacked or step on something. And those are, like, the, I think the most dangerous ones are these freaking uh, homeless campfires where, like, these tents are going and you're in there. And if you're trying to search, like, uh, an RV that was on fire to make sure no one was in there burning up you don't know what you're in in the smoke. And then after when the fire's out and you look like, dude, I was just crawling all over these fucking needles. And this, oh, this guy God. was not a diabetic. Those, those aren't insulin Jeez. needles. You know what I mean? And you're just like, Oh shit. What am I Damn. doing in here? Like what is this whole concept of risk a lot to save a lot? Like, well, what are we saving? Yeah. And why am I going to risk that? So now it becomes like, well, f- fuck dude. And a lot of these fires that are started too, like fires have been uptick started from, from homeless people. Um, getting into these buildings, um, and just camping out and then they'll start a fire. So if we do the same principle going into these abandoned buildings that are clearly boarded up to go in there and put it out where, the building construction is shoddy or they literally like just put a hole in the floor and piss and shit in that or in the wall. Cause there's no plumbing. And now we're going in there searching our hands and knees, trying to find bodies and pull them out. Like we would, if this house was on fire going like, okay, where the bedrooms at? It's two in the morning. And someone's got to be in the bedroom. So that's where we're going in the smoke feeling around. You do that in one of those fucking places oh, for what dude. And, and more than likely they set fire to and like, Oh fuck, we're out of here. And then leave, and then later you find out you're crawling around and all their fucking shit and piss and places where they come in there and have the F shack, you know? It's just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like this is stupid. We gotta go in there and put the fire out. We gotta be aggressive. I'm like, no, dude, I'm forty years old. Like I'm fucking like fuck that. Like we're let's like, let's be smart. There's no grand we're not saving grandma in this building, you know? It's not like so.
0: Anyways, dude. Ten, ten years from now, we're going to have drug addicts teaching, like, urban survival classes. Where Fuck yeah, like, dude. All right, so if you're really cold in the winter, what you do is you find an abandoned apartment building, set it on fire, and then you can stay warm for a couple hours till the fire department shows up. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, do, are the police, do they also avoid the camps? Are they on the same sort of policy where they don't go inside the perimeter of the homeless camp?
2: No, they, they will, they, because they're armed. So, because they're armed, they they have a little bit more leeway as far as like physical security and protection. So if something, um, if we are feeling endangered to do our job, then we're like, we're not going until we have police go in there first and then basically secure the perimeter, basically get 360. That's that's kind of how it is for shootings too. So like if there's if there's a shooting or gunshot wound or anything that's like, like a violent crime, um, police have to go in first and like assess the threat for us. And luckily, like, the TCCC, like, all the cops, especially where I'm at, they're awesome at, like, sometimes, like, we'll go in, the guy's already tourniquet, he's got chest seals on, and we're like, hell yeah, because even law enforcement now knows that just those just those very basic adjuncts done right away will freaking save people. And so, um, yeah, so anyways, so they, they'll they usually go in um, ahead of time, but but their stuff now, like, they're so shorthanded, like, certain calls that they would go on, um, they'd be like, yeah we're not gonna go on that like a guy's yelling at his wife or yep sorry we're not we're not going because we're going all all these shot the shootings or all these other things that are more pressing
0: yeah they're nationally police department numbers are way way down the yeah. last three years so yeah they're having to prioritize what calls they actually respond to I would imagine yeah dude. Uh, which again goes back to like so many people just rely on the system for all their levels of uh uh, You know, uh, so I'll back up like Maslow's triangle, right? You have your, the base of the triangle is food, water, shelter. That's what your physical body needs to survive. And then the second level is safety and security. And that's like your physical safety, your medical, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's, it's one of the, like the tenets of training Northwest that I kind of was like, shit, man, look how many people outsource these first two levels of everything like their food, water, shelter. If it just, if it wasn't available at the grocery store, if, if they couldn't, just rent an apartment or buy a house they wouldn't have a fucking clue what to do and the same for safety and security which includes your first aid your medical your, yeah. your physical security is
2: tell me the tip of the triangle is two chicks at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah that's, okay that's okay cool i was eventually <laughs> gonna get there because <laughs> yeah. yeah. some people may not think that's that's a surviving you, thing but you, I. you gotta I'd
0: start like to with a it. couple sprouts in your windowsill <laughs> <laughs> and work your way towards two chicks at the same time
3: oh man i have a question about so come, come camps. out to training northwest yeah. level one class yeah.
0: if you guys make it through level three next year we'll have a level five two chicks by the river <laughs> oh man all right sorry the fuck <laughs> yeah what, what were you gonna say Self-reliance. Yeah.
3: no wait i've got a question about homeless camps because i've i mean i see them on the roadside yeah or through the city where we live here for sure um but i've never really been in one yeah I've cleaned up my lifestyle so my times are, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm would not, re- yeah. Yeah. I would recommend
2: you, I would recommend you not have to
3: see that. Yeah. Um but is there like is there community in there? Is there a hierarchy? Is it like I'm the mayor of Shittsville and this is my deputy me? You know Fuck what yeah, I mean? There is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could you just elaborate or explain just what so, you've seen. So
2: only and you gotta you gotta know like only what I see is probably what's on the outside. You know what I mean. So I'm like the outsider looking in, but there is very clearly like someone that is like looking out. Oh, oh I'm the protector, or or then there's like the uh, the lady that gets passed around. You know, without any yeah. teeth, and you're just like, oh, she's the one that's keeping everyone warm at night, and the they're tip of the triangle. Yeah, there she's the tip of the triangle. <laughs> And uh, and everyone's just throwing blues at her or the pills, the fentanyl at her to um, keep her going, right? And there's so there's that. There's um, some folks that take a lot of pride. There was one actually, I felt really bad um, because we go, oh, you can't you can't be burning, you know, you know. So we go to these like people will call nine one one because like oh they got a fire and they're like that'll do it. It's this passive aggressive way to like treat the homeless camps of like I'm gonna call nine one one because I see there's a fire there. And they're gonna put that out, and that's gonna stop this thing. Like, no, like, even if they end up putting it out, like, what the fuck? They're just gonna slide it again after we leave. But this one, this one thing, I felt bad because I, I came into this dude's uh, camp, and um, and not what you're thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I blew my load in there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. All right. So, anyways, they call so, that a soup kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, no, man. And this guy, like, dude, he had a foundation like for uh, like this pallet like palace. And there's windows. And a door that opened and a roof and he was burning garbage and he had like these screens so you couldn't see the flames, but he's burning his trash to keep his camp clean. Like it was tidy. Yeah. I was like, Why are we telling this guy to fucking put his shit out? He's like the only person that's like, Yeah, he's, man, I'm living here he's the I'm one. cleaning up. He's the he's guy. The right? one. Yeah. So um like the Neo of yeah, I so saw a guy
1: yeah. off of forty uh, fifth doing the same thing. He had a, a pallet foundation built up. I caught that motherfucker in the middle of the day laying sod. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. I oh, yeah, shit dude. you not. He, he made a fucking trail down. It was gravel. And then he fucking was, I don't know where the fuck he got sod from, but he was laying sod yeah, he's outside out. of his fucking <laughs> camp. They're going to start stealing shit. our yards <laughs> at night. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking wild. Yeah.
2: So, um, so you run into that too. Like, some things, like, this guy's been out here forever. He's got solar panels up. He's got friggin' or uh, a generator running. You're like, oh, okay. And there are, there are like, like many, it's not all just anarchy. Some places do, they get their shit together. Like, hey, this is where we're going to live. We're going to bed down and we can make a living and get comfortable. Or, we can all be just totally addicted and everything's laying everywhere. People are in their own filth. Like you come, someone will have like a wound on their leg. Like, oh, let's come check your wound. Or you open a pant leg and there's literally like maggots and fucking shit crawling in their skin yeah. or on top of it oh, and God. just rotting on their flesh. And they are like, how can you do this? Well, because they're always fucking sedated. They're always yeah. going from one fix to the next. Those kind of lifestyles, it's anarchy. It's fucking Mad Max you know but there are some some camps where it's like oh yeah go down that's that's jenny's hooch over there and this is bob and oh you you want to borrow this go to bob i mean it is
3: like a sense of of well that makes they're looking out for each other that makes me wonder like because we're told we have a housing crisis issue that's why we have all this (laughs) stuff you know but it's like okay so what i mean we all see this drug fueled free-for-all yeah and then it's like well so is that all of it or is there a portion of it where they are like you know you get put on hard times, you lose your job, you downward spiral. Yeah. And then you have people that really like they want to lay sod and do better. Yeah.
2: 10% if that, that would be a high estimate. So, so if you, so if you looked at all the homeless camps and all the other people, the tents and everything, I would say 10% of that is probably at least what I have come to. And maybe the scene that I'm coming to is going to always be the overdoses, right? Or you get crazy. Called to shit. The worst. I'm yeah. called to the worst. So I may not see more, than the um of i may not have exact figures but i would be like 10 maybe like the hey rent was high we got tossed out i got my family we're trying to like this is the in between to getting yeah. somewhere else sure but no man it's not it's not affordable housing it's like it's mental health and addiction and sometimes one is fueled by the other and so, and it's funny because I, for a while I stopped asking because I would ask all these calls, I, you know, you go on a homeless call and just out of curiosity, like, and just shooting the shit too. Just like, Hey man, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Albuquerque. All right. Where are you from? Baton Rouge.
4: It's pretty far. So so you,
2: <laughs> so you came up here because housing is more affordable here. You like, yeah. like it's, it's cheaper here. Like, no, no. Like they came because it's, they're allowed to live on the street. The drugs are readily available and no one will enforce or push them back out or enforce anything um, of the like to like get them off the streets. Like, no, I can, I can stay addicted. I can live there. There's all these resources. Like the people with signs for food, like, like, Hey, I need food. No, they want money for a fix. Um, You could literally hand them food, and they'd say, no, thank you. Can I have some money? Because there's so many shelters they can go to and get three squares, four squares a day. They can get hot food. They can get blankets. They can get tents. They're getting all those resources, um, but they're allowed to live wherever they want, and the drug scene's plenty, so they're just like, what's the motivation to stop this? Stop this lifestyle?
0: I I know Seattle, a lot of the homeless shelters have empty beds at night because— the requirement is you have to clean up. You can't do drugs in the homeless shelter. So, yeah. again, this this whole like, oh, it's a housing problem. No, there's there's empty beds. There's yeah. empty rooms. It's it's a drug problem.
2: Yeah, yeah. They um they can freaking.
0: readjust my microphone. <laughs> and move, slowly, that, move that microphone. I'm slowly <laughs> sinking away from <laughs> just it I over just here. Slide it over a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's move no, that over. That's here. Dude. Yeah. yeah, I I met a, uh, a I, he was a uh, an ex cop. He worked uh, in Seattle for 17 years, and he was working the gun counter uh, at uh, Coastal. I, I don't know if I told you guys this uh, last Yeah, time. I think yeah, yeah, a we, little bit. We to, oh, okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> did you, did you talk
2: to him about on here?
3: Yeah. On your, yeah. yeah oh, okay. He, I, got you. I was like, yeah, hey, he, just, he, I well, never heard about
1: it. Ultimately, like, he was telling me like how the cops up here don't can't do anything. Their hands are tied, and they no. don't, they're not willing to. Um, but why, if
0: you're a police officer, why would you put yourself in a risky situation when you know— <laughs> that if, if, if you put yourself at, at physical risk but after you make the arrest, the district attorney is just going to say, ah, just kick them back loose again. So why, why did you take that risk upon yourself yeah. for literally nothing? He, yeah. said,
1: he said the guys just put their heads down and their blinders on and clock in, clock out, Yeah,
0: that, and yeah. get through the day. And you can't blame them because yeah. what else would they do? Yeah. There's, there's no reason <laughs> to attempt to have an effect on society when everything you do will just be negated 24 hours later.
1: He he was saying though, uh, after he quit, um, I think he quit. He said like three years ago uh, because of nobody doing anything about homeless encampments. He was uh, he'd get bear mace and he'd go through when they'd get too close to his neighborhood and he didn't like it, and he would spray everything. Yeah, and okay. he just, He's like they don't want to be uncomfortable. They're yep. they're getting by just enough to be comfortable. Yeah. and if they're uncomfortable they will leave. So just spray the bushes, spray yeah. the tent, spray well that, you know. Like, well that
2: oh. so he's so he's doing something he's taking um, matters into his own hands, right? I people will look at us when we're called and they're like, "Well, look look look, he's just he's building a tent right there on the sidewalk and, and this is my home." And we're like, "Yeah." Yep. And we are like on the clock. We can't physically yeah. remove him because of the laws and policies. But you, as a citizen, when the freaking night comes, you can get that motherfucker <laughs> out of here. Band together. Like there was only one time where uh, a couple of uh, homeless folks and I didn't, and I and I have compassion for the people. They sustained some injuries for sure. Like they were they had the ever living shit beat out of them, and. Um, and we come there, and they're just beaten to a pulp, and they were, like, giving the reports to the cops as we're sitting there just kind of patching their wounds before they went to the hospital. And I heard them saying, like, yeah, these guys with masks on came, and we are like, you don't get the fuck out of here. And This is a neighborhood watch, motherfucker. And they started beating the shit out of us. And I'm like, as I'm hearing this, I'm looking <laughs> at the, my buddies on the call, and I'm like, just nodding my head, like, <laughs> right? About time someone figured it out. Mm-hmm. Like, like, do they deserve to be beaten? I don't know, right? I'm not one to judge. I'm coming after the fact. But if you want this stuff removed, like, band together because you cannot call 911, it's not going to do it. And then we tell people, like, yeah, you don't like it. Go vote in in some different people. Make different decisions here. Like, this is your neighborhood. This is unsafe. Eventually, you're going to have some fucking pedophile who's living across the street in a tent from you where your kids are, like, out playing. Like, this is all going to be fine and dandy helping people out until like some kids start getting snatched up.
0: You know what I mean? It's like a double standard for society. You have two societies living next to each other. You have one that's completely lawless and out of control and one that's expected to maintain, you know, the, the laws and rules as set by the government. And it's like, how how do you let this group of people run wild and expect the other group of people to sort of maintain as it was? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Redonkulous. Yeah.
1: Kind of like watching a cool party you're not invited to, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like well, I, but I, it just it's it's part of the reason why. <laughs> what's what's that like? I don't know. I don't know. I've I never I've all never been the there. cool
3: parties. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean,
0: uh, with, I mean, think about like driving to work in the morning and you see a car pulled over for like single occupant in the in the the carpool lane, and you're, it's like, dude, what the? You're 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 writing somebody a ticket for being in the H O V lane when hundred feet <laughs> up the embank or not even hundred feet, thirty feet away on the uh, side of the freeway. Yeah. Here's a fucking drug camp where <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. There's yeah, dudes yeah. standing around a fifty-five gallon drum burning trash and shooting right heroin. Yeah. yeah, can we talk what, do, what are we
2: doing? Dude, I got a ticket on my on my vehicle. I'm at work parked at the firehouse. I have a like placard in the dash that says, <laughs> I am at work. This is I'm at this firehouse. And I got a ticket because my plates were expired by like two months. And I look, and there's six vehicles that people are living in with no license plates whatsoever. So I'm just like, really? And I get the freaking ticket. (laughs) It's like 120 bucks or whatever. I'm like... What's happening? They're like, oh, this guy's got money. He's a tax. He's a law-abiding citizen. Like, I'm gonna friggin', let's get him. yeah, let's get him. They're like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, and that's, So I just took the plates off. Now I drive to work with no no license plates. Perfect. perfect. Yeah, you're like,
3: like Batman. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh man,
0: but I think that's why like Joe Public is getting so, uh, like, people are getting upset with the police too, which they're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place because here they are expected to. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh god. Yeah, sorry. Right, Dave's making me laugh. Yeah. No, I think uh-huh. you
3: nailed it about like we we're talking about citizens taking stuff into their own hand. It's like if we're a totem pole, all of us are on the bottom, right? Because yeah. we're just normal people living our daily lives and interacting and stuff. And I feel why we're here is so much a policy that's been enacted in the past gets us to where we are today. I think a big thing was in the '70s. Uh, I think it was a Reagan administration. We lost federal funding on uh, like insane asylums for mental health and mental. You couldn't you used to be able to commit someone to the loony bin. Oh, and yeah. now there's a lot more red tape, and we used to have a lot more facilities due to that. I think in the 80s you saw a huge surge in homeless and mental problems because like you said, so many of these people are out there. It's drug addiction and mental um M- illness. Mental illness. And yeah. the two yeah. are actually related. Right. Yes. Absolutely. They're crossed over. So you get rid of programs to actually help out people in the community and you start to see more of a spillover. And then where I start to have a problem with it, too, is like I'm politically homeless. I guess I would identify more as libertarian. You know, right. and so with the that gets into the drug thing and it's like, I don't, I don't really care if there's drugs or problem or I mean, I care if there's drugs and problems, but I don't care that drugs exist and people can use them in a right way. If you look at places like Amsterdam, everything's pretty much legal in Amsterdam as well. But you know what you can't do? You can't do heroin on the sidewalk, <laughs> You can do heroin in your own home and it. hopefully you have a good job and you pull it together and you do it right. Yep but the fact that they just allow it to happen on the street and there's no consequence. There should be social workers for these people to really help them out. So the same thing I saw in the 70s of let's abandon this program is where I think we're failing the community of really helping these situations and these people get what they need. And so us being on the bottom of this totem pole Now we're forced to either, like you say, vigilante it together and battle the homeless.
0: Yeah. And I think at this point, it's uh, big money is involved. It's a, a quote unquote homeless industrial complex because I think Seattle alone has a $250 million a year homeless budget, which. Who the fuck knows what they're spending that money on, but yeah. they aren't having one iota of positive effect on even, the issue.
2: Even these these decriminalization laws um, with the hard drugs, the, the premise and why a lot of people bought off on it was because prosecuting all these offenders is end up spending so much money in the legal system and so instead of wasting that money on those resources let's redirect those funds to mental health to the social worker aspect to all these things that we know we need to combat these problems so that was the guys but nobody has yet seen it so now so this uptick and like cool the decrim so now i can be on the street i can use all these things which is making mental health work worse well, where, where's the programs? Where's the things to catch up to? Where's the stuff to like get these people where they need to go in order to seek help or get help it, from all that money that they're saving from the initial thing? Where yeah. We're like,
1: no. Well, well, it, well where's It, it go? seems to me like they're trying to make them comfortable, right? Like that's yeah, it's, that's it's all. A it's lot more of these, enablement
0: than anything. Yeah. And almost like they're. I'm gonna say it's almost it's got to be intentional that they're perpetuating the problem because. Yeah. You know, like you were making the point that you meet people from Baton Rouge or Texas or whatever, and they, yeah. around here they call it free Like it is known <laughs> nationwide that if you come to Seattle, there's all these programs and services to support you while you live that like drugs on the street lifestyle. Yeah. So, it, it in my mind, it's more enablement meant to perpetuate the problem because there's people. Like I said, there's it's a 250 million dollar a year industry just in the city of Seattle. Yeah. So there's there's people making money off of it. Oh yeah. I I
1: part of me is like it would be nice to have that without the drugs. If we could just live the life we wanted to live, and the government would leave us alone, and we could just—that's kind of what we're working on out there at the uh, have what we have. (laughs) Yeah, you guys, fuck off. Yeah, we're not paying taxes. Yeah, like dude,
2: like that documentary with the the pirates down in establishing Nassau as like in the Bahamas as like their their refuge of the early days of the pirates. We're watching this documentary, and it's like, yeah, they got a. There's a bar and they, they freed the slaves. I'm like, dude, that's cool. That's like some cool shit. And then like you're in the bar and then you order from a wench and then you'll order a wench, and you're like, got some chick bent over a table while you're drinking a pint. I was like, dude, that's that's freedom right there. Like, oh, <laughs> Wait, like let's go back to that. <laughs> let's go back to that. Come on. Is
0: that, is that level six?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. level six training. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna refill this coffee. Oh.
1: Yeah, right. let's take a take a moment. Take a quick yeah, break. break. Yeah.
0: Okay, we're back.
2: My, what a lovely tea party!
0: Yeah, right. I feel, uh, I feel much better now. Yeah. So right as uh, we went to break, who brought up the point that uh,
2: I don't know, but but I think I was excited because you said I get to come and it's not gonna it's not gonna be like oh, woe and and doom and and uh, this isn't the endless endeavor podcast where we're all upset about everything and we're gonna <laughs> laugh and have dick jokes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about some medical stuff, which I guess is fairly serious, but, but yeah, I was kind of curious on, on the, the backpacking. Cause like hunting and being, being out where you really there, even if you, there, there is, there is no lifeline, right? It's just you. I'm just kind of curious what you guys carry or if anything, or, or what you're like just prepared for in your mind, if like there's a bleed or a break or whatever, like. I like, just what, bring a nine millimeter pistol
0: play? to put myself down. If I <laughs> that's, that,
2: that's technique for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, everywhere I go, whether it's work or jujitsu or out to the, uh, the river property, there where the ranges. I always have a roll of athletic tape because it, you can make a bandage. You can splint a broken bone. You can, you can fix your truck. Like, right? yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with a roll of tape. Yeah. Um, and especially that medical tape, you know, if you, if you, like I said, if, if you break a bone, you can literally just start wrapping and wrapping and wrapping until it almost turns into a cast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, tape. Um, I think Jordan, you were saying duct yeah, tape, right?
1: Duct, duct tape is, is my number one, uh, just cause it's, you know, cheap, it's useful. And, uh, I mean any, any number of things it can fix, right? A tent and a pinch, Duct tape on both sides of a of a tent will keep something pretty well rot- waterproof, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So any
2: kind of multi use, because if you're gonna if someone's gonna take up weight, yeah, then it might as well do multi number of things. Exactly, and duct yeah.
0: tape. You pack the whole roll, or do you like wrap no, a little no, bit no, around no, I'll, like I'll, a wood dowel?
1: Yeah, I'll just I'll just wrap some around whatever. Um, yeah. I, I've wrapped it up by itself and just kind of made a little on its own. Made a little thing. I wrap it around a water bottle, um, like an algae. The big the bigger the. The item is you're wrapping it around the uh, the more you can carry, and the less it seems to take up space. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you put it yep. around something bigger, you're getting a lot of it. And, yeah.
0: Um, sure. Dog keeps wandering off. What kind of yeah. peanut butter does she like? Yeah, <laughs> crunchy. Crunchy? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go get some real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Mike, what you, do you carry a first aid kit with you when you go hunting?
3: Yeah, so I actually did fire and EMS for a little bit. So that kind of opened my eyes up more to basic life support stuff. And uh, – So, like, when we're hunting at a camp, uh, I usually carry more than most people. You know, I carry a trauma kit um, where I can package you, stop the bleed, get you, transport you. I can usually, you know, I can save your life for the most part um, with those basic life services. Uh, When we go backpacking, um, because we usually do rifle or something like that, I always just throw, because they don't weigh much, just throw a tourniquet on. um, Super light. In the bag. Also wear a belt, you know, that you can still use as a tourniquet.
2: Yeah.
3: um, Something like that. Um, A chest seal, just in case. Um, And we have uh, one of those emergency beacons. Just so, if we're out in the middle of nowhere, at least I can get on a satellite and give you my coordinates. If we're really fucked up, it's not like I'm going to be able to hike down or haul someone else down. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's it's, actually it's, it's that's, expensive for a chopper ride. But what do you want to do? You want to yeah. live or you want to die? That's that's actually
2: really funny because that that's kind of like the whole shoot, move, communicate um, piece. That's the like big part of the communicate, and you're using that not only as an emergency for being stranded or whatever, but medical emergencies too. So it's like, yeah, that's not going to stop the bleed, but that is going to increase your, does that golden hour chance, right? If yeah. someone like bringing a helicopter or whatever to extract you out of there. I, um, I've always been all of my trucks that I've ever driven besides that Japanese one out there, uh, which is really funny. Um, but, uh, I'd always break down, right. I'm always on the side of the road, but the most important tool that I would have, i carry a multitude of tools was my charged cell phone, because it's yeah. just like, shit, okay, well, hey, I need someone to come in and bring me a part, or I need to run to the store, or whatever. Um, there, so, on medical-wise, just being able to call for help.
0: Yeah, I, there, there,
1: there was this uh, guy who uh, I just heard about it, he he uh, was, his car broke down or some shit like that, in the back, he was way far away from everybody and had no way of getting, you know, yeah. shit, so he went to go call, he's out of range. Has no fucking cell service. Yep. So he's like, fuck, you know, and started thinking about it. And then he had a fucking drone. So he typed a message in where he was at to his buddy and took his fucking drone, attached his phone to it. Then it sent the message back out, and fucking he got one back and brought it back down. <laughs>
2: no, shit. Oh, so oh, oh, oh shit, dude! Yeah, All right, so if bad. you're going in the
0: back country, make sure you got your drone from got Amazon. Get your drone.
2: <laughs> but oh, so, the, so those beacons—that's—is that sa- that's that works on a satellite, right? So yeah, it's a little so no garm-
3: cell. Yeah, a little Garmin attachment, and then you pair it with your phone, yeah. and then so, um, yeah, if you're in situation, you turn on that little satellite beacon. It finds a satellite, then you're able to transmit through your phone oh rather die when, back there. what are you transmitting yeah. like like a text yeah, or, you can or do text an emergency I think like it, an SOS I mean, kind of location dealer yeah you can do everything so luckily I haven't had to use it but you yeah. can send text through it as well I think there is a calling option yeah. but, uh,
0: I think it's just text message so when Jen started going like into these like deep <laughs> giggity. Deep backcountry. Jen goes deep. Jen goes deep. That's why she likes me. And a toba. Uh, <laughs> uh. When she started doing all the backcountry snowshoeing and mountaineering Jen, and whatnot. She's doing, doing backcountry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she if, does. If she uh, wants to text me from the backcountry. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark in there. You get lost. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, spending, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. So you, you got her one of those in reaches or what? I bought her. It was like a six hundred dollar Garmin that has a it has an emergency button on the side of it. Yeah. And it requires a monthly subscription that's mm-hmm. only like twelve bucks a month. But anyway, she can activate that emergency beacon, and Garmin has like a twenty four hour manned uh, like customer service place. I think it's in Colorado. But anyway, that that beacon will activate in that service center with her 10-digit grid mm-hmm. and just an SOS code, right? So then they it's, – and it's not like people are going to jump on helicopters and go swarming to her, but they start making phone calls to local, you know, sheriff's departments and whatnot so that they can activate their search and rescue people, and at least they have the location of that beacon. Um,
1: Hopefully it doesn't go out to fucking – Portland firefighters. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, <laughs> shit <shit-dealing>, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's that's something people got to understand is just because you have this emergency beacon, help is probably still 8 to 12 hours away from when you push that button. Oh, right. So you have to have some ability uh, for self-sustainment. Yeah. Um, but she can, she can also send, it's like, I want to say she can send like 12 texts a month to me. Yeah. So she'll text me that like, hey, we made it to our spot where we're going to sleep tonight. Everybody's good. Perfect. Or she'll, a lot of times the parking lots are like way out, you know, so she'll, I'll get a text. Hey, we made it back to the car. Cause it's like 9 PM. It's like, all right, cool. I can go to bed now.
3: Yeah. I think you hit it too, Dave, uh, saying like, what do you do? What do you take? Or do you prepare yourself mentally? And I think that's a big part of it too, is like, think about the 4th of July like there's more injuries because people are drunk and they're shooting fireworks. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. getting wild. So if yeah. you're going hunting where you're a couple days walk away from civilization, even a road and stuff like that, you got to think like I'm in a territory or a spot where I need to be careful. I just have to have my wits about me. I'm not going to be doing cartwheels on the top of this ridge line, rolling ankles just the same way. Like, you can have the 4th of July, and you can drink a bunch of beer and light fireworks off, and then accidents happen. Or you stay sober and keep your wits about you, and you can still blow stuff off. So I think a big part of it is mentally, like, where am I going? What am I doing? Being careful on what you do. Yeah. Well, have you ever
1: seen uh, the show Alone? No. Where they yeah. they, they yeah. drop them off in the middle of, you know, the fucking woods, basically. Um, and they have to just, who can survive the longest on their own, right? So they just... Them out there, and I think it's typically in like Canada or some shit by a lake. And they it, it's like s- late summer, and then all of a sudden fall, and fucking, yeah. next thing you know, it's Cold snowing on balls. them and shit. Yeah. yeah, they and it's like survive. Those guys often get hurt doing some kind of stupid shit, rolling an ankle like that, and then yeah. that's what oh, yeah. kicks them. That's what yeah. loses them, probably right? like so swinging they, a hatchet, like yeah, you know, fucking, and, yeah, like oh, slipping, fuck. slice might, yeah. My, yeah. So that's where like even using your little hatchet here, like there's there's techniques and ways to do it to where you're just you're being smarter about what the fuck it is you're doing. All,
0: all that shit your granddad told you about making sure you cut away from yourself.
4: Yeah. You know well even I mean? just all holding
1: these- holding wood together and just using it like that and using the axe in a different way. It's not you don't have to fucking split the wood from the top of a fucking thing. You can yeah. turn the log sideways and fucking split it that way too, and you're not yeah. you know, doing it on your knees, like having an elevated Platform to cut wood on, and then instead of standing and doing it, getting low because then you're fucking swinging into the dirt. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's a lot of different little small things to do that uh, people seem to
0: not fucking figure out until it's too late. Yeah, well, a lot of it too is like I'm a man. Don't tell me how to do this. It doesn't matter if I get a little cut on my legs. I'm tough. And it's like, well, there there is a scenario where if you get a little cut on your leg and it gets infected, if you're not, again, we're we're so used to having all this infrastructure within you know it's almost 15 out of us like like
2: what you don't have to think about anymore
0: a guy at my work
1: just got a little tiny nick on the back of his hand and i i'd never seen anybody get an infection that really fucking mattered right yeah he he was out for like a fucking week yeah and he ended up in the hospital for fucking three days yeah he had to get his hand almost they were like he might fucking hand yeah yeah I was he watching. Had, he had red those red streaks all oh, the way up into his arm. That's oh, like shit. blood, blood poisoning. poisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was pretty gnarly, Dang. and that was just from a little tiny fucking nick inside of an electrical box. Wow,
3: I was watching a bushcraft video the other day, and this guy is going through his bag and telling everything he carries, and he pulls out a little flask, and he's like, "This is full of whiskey in case I get a cut, I can pour it on it, yeah. and clean it out." And I'm just thinking. My flask wouldn't have any whiskey in it. <laughs> yeah. It would have been gone well, immediately. Shit, it's empty. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the, another one of those like fucking
1: dual use items, right? that yeah. tape you can use for just about anything. Yeah. Hard alcohol above a hundred proof. Yeah. You know something that's gonna really burn when you get it in there.
0: Yeah. It's gonna help you clean it out. I mean, if you have nothing else, right? Yeah. Like, cut, we'll we'll find Jordan drunk at the tent and be like, "What happened, man?" Be like, "I cut my arm, I so, got, I had to, so I had to drink all the whiskey." To yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: stepped on a pine cone, yeah, and really that, hurt.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't realize. Does pee work?
3: Is there any validity to Only that? Only if you drink uh,
0: it. Yeah. Well, hey, hang on. Lay down, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to this me. golden shower. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. the saran wrap. Yeah. I, th- I think that's only for jellyfish. Yeah, we're gonna do it yeah. for science. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. science. Well, yeah. and actually, we got Jordan's dog running around here too. We'll have her pee on you as well. Yeah, just to see if there's a difference. Yep. So we got to <laughs> cut two limbs. Two now. legs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I think
2: I think piss is sterile, but until it leaves your body, I think then it's. I don't think it's going to disinfect anything. It's the ammonia in it that takes away the Taste, stain. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever had to do any kind of like weird uh, rescues where people are in? I'm trying to think of like a scenario, like trees on a rooftop, yeah, cats and trees. Um, so, uh, I've seen. I- I'm thinking casualty who's down in a in a difficult to accessible or difficult to access location. How yeah, how
1: does crackhead you, get there? Yeah, terrain.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, underneath. Well, we know how they got underneath the bridges, dude. There was a there was a bridge that they're like, oh, they could live under those bridges. Well, it turns out they tunneled. <laughs> um, under Jesus. underneath to where like the structures are and then we're having fires under there and set fire underneath there so now there's fire impingement on all of this. compromise the structure all the stuff Jesus. of the bridge so everyone's driving over like oh yeah you can live under the bridge that's fine and ah, i'm dead you know like but um but a lot of times like they'll find these these nooks and crannies on these slopes and if they can't walk that's where now you're like oh dude, we're going to have to come up with some kind of rope system to strap them into this litter and then slide them up because we're not carrying them as we're shuffling up these things. And so that's it. That's that's all, all I've seen. We have uh, technical rescue um, companies, like like guys that are just trained. That's all they do. They do ropes. They do um, trench stuff, and they do all these things. So they, no matter where the call would be, they would end up going to. It doesn't matter whose area is uh, in. Okay. So they they'd be the ones that could tell you like how often that actually happens but in in a large um, uh, metropolitan city it's not it's not very very frequent as i'm sure to where maybe like these hiking destinations or hunter camps or whatever where people are getting themselves in trouble um they have are equipped and are used to that like ski patrol would would all of a sudden like oh a dude's hurt on the side of the mountain okay so here's the here's the sled for the victim here's the the ropes and here's all the equipment that we're gonna have to get them to the helicopter right so like that is a well greased um Uh, machine
3: so you're a structural firefighter Mm -hmm. as well yeah do you ever wish that you lived like in boston or somewhere with old electrical fire code (laughs) i mean you probably get no fires on the west coast um actually so i i worked um i'd worked as
2: one in in i'd worked for two prior departments one was Um, One was really rural and small, and then another was um, kind of like an in-between. It was a large large department in Florida in that Space Coast area. And just the difference in building construction from the East Coast to here, even with wiring and and with the advent of technology, and as more buildings go in, they're they're sprinklered and they have all this fire code if a city is still over a hundred years old and everything is mostly stick built out of wood, it's going to burn. And if you have um, any kind of lower, unfortunately like lower income, like it's typical, like people are smoking in bed. They're not, they're like, they're not taking the steps like, Oh, I'm going to leave this on the stove cooking and then get plastered. And then that's what starts the fire, right? Like that happens so often that we burn really frequently. Like, like we're still, there's still a lot of fire. Um, So, do I want to go to Boston or whatever? You'd have to ask a guy that was like super stoked on, on being a fireman. I just was just kind of like, all right, well, we're like, I like this old Dick and fart joke thing that never ends in the military. How can I continue this? And then we kind of <laughs> slipped into contracting. And I was like, Ooh, now I'm getting paid more to make Dick and fart jokes. All right, cool. And then when that was kind of running its course, I'm like, fuck, do I have to like get a real job? And so I stumbled into the the fire service. Um, hammered, drunk, <laughs> <laughs> front row, hammered, drunk. Um, so, does is it nice to go on a structure fire? Oh, it's
3: got to be. Um, it's way better than helping a granny w- off the toilet. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, no. Yeah.
2: For for the um, for the piece of for the, like the. Like hey, like the functional problem solving on your feet, where things are happening fast, you got to make decisions, and you're, yes, that is that is fun.
0: Yeah, um, it also strikes me as just hard physical labor. Like it there's is. there's yeah. a lot of like uh, idolization, I guess, from the public, I'm like oh, the firemen. You can be a fireman; it's this awesome job, but really, you put on a bunch of heavy clothing and a respirator, and then go do Dude, grunt ass shoots. labor. Yeah. Dude, it is man, and even what? yeah, calendar shoots and uh, chili yeah. cookoffs.
2: <laughs> yeah, so there's <laughs> a there's a very small there's a very
0: small time. How often do you guys take your pants off and wash? I mean, you take your shirts off and wash the truck. Like per shift. <laughs> or <laughs> per, and, <laughs> per shift. <laughs> Boy, this
2: thing is shiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed a spot. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, man. we... um. There's, there's a very small period of time to where a lot of work gets done and you are in that, like, adrenaline space of right when you first arrive and the thing's ripping. I like the decision-making that goes in. So I used to... Like, yes, we're all a bunch of dumb firemen. We're a bunch of knuckle-draggers, for sure. But as I went from different departments and got to one where they like really take pride in the operation that happens to put out the fire, but not just to put out the fire. It's literally to find people trapped. There comes this science of where, okay, so statistically where people found at what time of day, where are they? Um, Is there any survivable like, Oh, that building is totally on fire. Oh, everyone's dead. Hang on. Look back here. Here's a survivable space. Oh, so someone's going to go over there and actually search that, going maybe through a window as this team is pulling a hose to put the fire. So, like, there's all this coordinated stuff just to get if someone's trapped in a tub. Like kids are usually found um, in closets, in in hiding spaces, in bathrooms, right? Um, uh, Adults are usually found in um, paths of egress to where they normally would. So even if you're thinking like, oh, they were close to the back door here, that's the way they're going to go out. No, in stress, they're going to how they do take a f- get out? take a few breaths of smoke, and they're just gonna go to the thing that they always went. So that's why, like, oh, okay, even though the fire's over here, we're still gonna take the hose through the front door and go that way because along that path, more than likely, is where we're gonna find mm-hmm. Grandma or someone passed out on that path, right? So, like, there's all these things, these decision making, um, these like decision making points that have to happen really fast at the beginning. That's fun. And it's like over in 10 minutes. And then the rest of it, like you're saying the hard work. Okay, now I got all this shit on and I'm pulling ceiling. Is is that still smoldering? You're like, fuck, do we been on this thing for three hours? The hoarders, like their stuff are just peeling layers of like just molded plastic all the carcinogens and all the shit. Like we're like scruffing through and then yeah, you find a flattened and, and fried cat and you're like, Okay, you know, I mean, <laughs> just like that's the grueling shit. And you're just like, fuck, dude, you know, I wish I could just take all this stuff off. But we've learned from, from cancer and carcinogens, like that is the most dangerous part. And it used to be like, oh, fire's out, and guys would take off all their stuff, and they'd be in the ashes, and, and the shirts come off, and they're in sho- the shovels. Yeah. And um, unfortunately- Calendar time, baby. Yeah, I know. And, and coming into the, uh, the scene, as I say, like, this isn't my-, my f- the first chapter of how i pay the bills and maybe you know now now being 40 of like looking at things a little smarter like when we go into those overhaul phases and people are maybe they take the the they're not breathing air anymore i'm just like all right guys yeah i'm a, I'm a big pussy. i'm gonna fucking breathe air while i'm like pulling all this stuff because even though the fire's out you're still off gassing all these harmful yeah. shits right that are getting your bloodstream mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm the pussy, whatever. I'm going to keep the thing on breathing air. But it's funny. Cause the second, like I'll do it. Like the younger guys will be like smart. <laughs> oh, all right. They yeah. leave and they go now go put their shit on and come in. It's almost like just someone needed to give the permission to be like, Hey man, like, yeah, like we're all here. I may call you a pussy later still. And that's fine. And it's fun. But like, let's be smart about this. Like, what the fuck are you saving? You're not, you know, the average, um, the average lifespan after retirement for a fireman is like five years. Yeah.
3: Because cancer is, like, the thing that's fucking taking... Me- so I'm like... Well, petroleum's and everything. I mean, you look at carpet, you look at couches, you look at everything and, like... I remember they did studies for a room on fire, and it hits flashover in the 50s. It used to be like 15, 20 minutes, and now it's like, what, under 10, 5 minutes? Yeah. And you have complete room and flashover where yep. the smoke
2: explodes. And, th- and that's why And that's why a lot of people are like, why are they, they going the smoke so f- explodes? Yeah, so yes. smoke, if you think about it, smoke is unburned fuel. Yeah, okay. Smoke yeah. is fuel. It just hasn't reached that temperature yet in which it will burn. Yeah, and so, okay. um, and that is that critical, that flashover point is yep. where, and if you're in and there's signs, and that's where it's just like, all right, are we rushing into this unoccupied building that was s- set on fire, homeless, to now we're in there, we're trying to find the fire as it's heating and exponentially heating and heating and heating, mm-hmm. and you're heating, and then all of a sudden to the point where everything now is at that burning point, and then everything just burns and, now. Backdraft. And you're just like, fuck. Yeah. And then it's like, so you've got <laughs> maybe 15 seconds to get out. Like, there's no way you're yeah. finding a way, right? So those are the situations that I'm more hesitant of, like, all right, is it your kid that's in there? Yeah, that's, and so oh, I, My question
0: yeah, is, if you guys show up at a structure fire, is it sort of like a... Hostage rescue, where you're piling out of the truck and making a beeline for the doors to search, or is it more like, all right, everybody get out, let's do an an assessment, you know, like a 360 degree assessment first, or what, what's what's the procedure?
2: So for so for us, so every every department um, does so th- so that's basically you're t- now you're talking tactics, right? So yeah, the fire has to go out and people need to be removed and, and to safety, but how that happens, um, and so for us, we'll have designated seat assignments basically so where I'm at on the apparatus I know that people are going to lie on me for a b and c and when he said apparatus he was pointing at his dick I was and everybody is on it <laughs> so, um, and by everybody, I mean one at a time because there's not much apparatus to go around. Really, I mean, let's just—it's a little cold out here, you know. And I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just meeting some guys for the first time. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. A little nervous. Stage not, stage fright. You know? Not working with the ladder truck. There, no, right? no, 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 no. Def, definitely not. No, those pills I ordered online haven't like got me there yet. I'm—I'm mean, still waiting. I've been on those for four years, but, um, so so it's not this assessment. So like we know cookie cutter house fire, like I don't have to do an assessment because we know like the fire needs to go out. We need to get access and we need to find people and conduct a search. Even if someone says, Hey, everybody's out. Well, who told me that? Is that a neighbor who thinks like everyone's on vacation? Like nobody knows until we physically get in there and, and search everything to get a clear. Um, um, we just assume that someone's in there. So, so literally what is happening for us is the door is getting busted open a ho- a charged hose line is going in to f- to put the fire out where the bulk of it is and we are simultaneously sending people to where those areas of likelihood are for where victims are. Do
1: you do you guys go in pairs? Like is there like a thing where you have a buddy system or So
2: so yeah, so on on paper there's this like um this like two in two out rule, like for every two people you have in, you have two people out as, as support or you have to, so you have to go in, in, in buddy teams. Right. But, um, but honestly, like if there is a known rescue, like someone is like, my kid is in there and my wife is in there and it's in that room. A lot of times that's where the judgment call comes in of like, okay, well normally no one goes in without this hose line as the protection, but, Nope, I'm going in, head of the hose line. Hey, I'm going to that room. Cool. One person, two people, whoever are coming in, or I'm going to go through this window on the outside to get to that room, close the – like, so it's called V-E-I-S. It's vent, enter, isolate, and search. And, and it's actually kind of a pretty cool technique. Um, probably came from one of these larger departments like Boston and New York, whatever, and it's basically like even though I'm taking a hose line in the front door – to get to the fire, it doesn't mean someone running around back sees a bedroom window, looks in, and there's someone trapped. So now the rescue is actually happening through that window. You ventilate it, you enter it, you isolate that room. Now you shut the door. It buys you time. You scoop up the kid, the granny, or whatever, and you now perform the rescue out that window. Like that's something that all can be happening simultaneously. But it's through good communication that's like throwing those audibles of like, "Hey, we've got a vis on the uh, on the Charlie side, you know, first story window. Cool. All right. So some guys are going to go to work for that victim. These other guys are not going to abandon putting the fire out because when that goes out, then a lot of the problems go away. The smoke production. And a lot of people think like, "Oh, I'll get out." that smoke is what is killing people well before a fire actually burning someone to death and when you're in bed that's why smoke detectors, it's like, oh, that's that's freaking lame. You know, oh, you pussy, you good. Make sure your batteries. I'm like, no, like that beeping Beep. is, yeah, oh, what's that? That's the smoke detector needs a new battery. Yeah, whatever, it's been Beep. chirping for three months. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, dude. That's the thing. It's supposed to wake you out of the slumber because the smoke hits that first and eventually will bank down to you. But if it banks down to you and you're waking up because you're taking those couple breaths in of smoke, that is what ends up putting you to the ground before you can get out. And that is what is is actually killing people. Um, So putting the fire out, stopping that smoke production is very important. But if you tell me, like, my wife is in there, like, okay, well, now I know someone is in this room. That is the most important thing. This entire structure can burn to the ground. But we need to get somebody out of that room. That is what happens. So there's not, like, this assessment or chat or anything. It's really cool to know that like it's almost like on a fire team like you're kicking a door like okay I'm going right I know the guy behind me is going left and he's going to protect all those areas that I can't see right now he's going to cover those sectors of fire um, it's same thing like that it's like okay I'm bringing the hose and I know this other guy is going to come in there and make sure he's going to bust this door open for me it's kind of like that
0: okay so it's a lot of everybody handling their scope of the responsibility and there's a lot of trust so I imagine uh, yeah. the crews get pretty tight then.
2: Crews get tight, yeah, absolutely, and um, and we bust each other's balls too. Like, hey man, you didn't get that door open. Like, you need, need some remedial training, or, or that thing kicked your yeah, ass, that, or whatever. That's,
0: that's how you keep accountability amongst the crew. Like, everybody absolutely. thinks that that's that, toxic masculinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is bullshit. I'm so yeah. being yeah. hazed right now. Yeah.
1: Goddamn fuck. Well, that you know the thing is is like in jobs that matter. That's, that's how you handle business,
0: right? Yeah, that, that, that is literally the mechanism for policing, like the internal policing without making it official. That, that's yeah. how you keep your squad mates, your teammates, whatever, honest yeah. and on, on their game is, is by busting their balls when yeah. they fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not going to get that at Amazon.
1: Yeah, and that. that No offense (laughs) to anybody who works at Amazon, but
3: (laughs) nice cover sheet, dipshit. What's Uh, this about your TPS reports, (laughs) man? (laughs) Fag. Do you ever do Wildland Um, contracting? uh, Because that scared me
2: yeah so no so you talk about how structural firefighting is hard work that's actually really oh, hard work so yeah.
3: plasking a mcleod yeah, all day so
2: yeah. so i s- try to steer away from that <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah. as best that i can yeah but um no those um so we being being a um a more metropolitan area we do we are all certified to a certain level of wildland like you have to be because there are um, everywhere dude everywhere yeah <laughs> and um and so yeah, there's there's, there's bushes everywhere. Dude. We could have a conflagration right here, right? right. Jordan, anyway. take your shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, but a lot of times the the larger departments will send as like a mutual aid, um, hey, hey, there's a there's some bad stuff happening in California. They need more resources or in Montana, and then we'll send um, rigs with guys there. But, um, but we're not a, a wildland heavy place, and it's funny because seeing how that operates from a couple other departments where I in, which was which had more wildland um, areas, they operate in such a different way that when you come to the big city and there's a wildland fire, everyone's going in and trying to bring water and to put it out, and we're just, I'm just like, dude, what the f- what the fuck, dude? Just is, there, is anyone? endangered like the deal is you just well it's gonna go run up that hill and stop there or the only thing endangered is this house over here so let's just do a perimeter here and let it do its thing because that's all wildland is right um yeah in big city they're like oh we're gonna put it on get our structure gear on and they run up there
3: with a hose like what the fuck are we doing this is so stupid right now dude anyways the wildest thing of wildland to me is those uh Aluminum foil potato wrappers, yeah. you know, they're like, if the fire rolls over oh, you, dude. just put this little <laughs> metal sheet on and like hug the ground. God. It's like, yeah, that's, that's your coffin. It's yeah. Terrifying. That's your coffin.
2: Yeah. You yeah. can get two to three <laughs> full grown adult males in one of those potato sacks. <laughs> yeah. So I'm told.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if, if they're greased up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to yeah. butter them up. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. It's fucking wild. All right. Well, uh, yeah. what
1: Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I had a uh, buddy talking to me about that. He was a wildland fire. He said he was a smoke jumper and uh he he's come up on those with dead bodies inside of them. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. He was yeah, like yeah. he was just like yeah these fucking oh. You're a brisket at that. Point, yeah, yeah. And just how how quick the fucking the yeah, a little shift like in the fires wind. Fires can change and yeah. shit. That's
3: what scares me about that wildland it's like, yeah. okay, structural, structural. I know this house is built like this. I can see all the features. But when you have wind shift, when you have terrain, when you have yeah. humidity, yeah. I mean,
0: everything becomes a factor in wildland. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember uh, we were camping with the kids a couple of years ago over in Leavenworth, and we we're just at the KOA in town. And I was sitting up at night, and there were, I was watching a thunderstorm roll in, and it hit the mountain right above us, and I was like, oh, shit. I told Jen, I said in the morning, we are getting packed up, and we are getting over the pass fast. And that was the year that the, the fire came right down to it, – it was that fire. It was that lightning strike that I watched start on that hilltop. And that, it was, wasn't the that, fucking... that was the big one on Highway 2 that came right down yeah. to the highway oh, where, where yeah. there's all those, like – it's like apocalyptic pictures yeah. from, from Highway 2 of the firemen out there and everything's yeah. on fire and right at the edge of Leavenworth there. Yeah, yeah, so we packed up in the morning, got the hell out of there yeah. so that we could get across T- 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 the through his doobie in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's <right. laughs> I was going to say. It's like a drag. It's like, holy shit, that lightning just hit. <laughs> Flick the doobie into the woods. Marb bread.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I saw a bunch of guys uh, with the helicopters going down and picking up the water and dropping it on yeah, shit. I was yeah. like, that's pretty fucking yeah. gnarly.
0: And actually, when we were kids in OMAC, there were always uh, – you know, wildland fires over there on the East side. And so we would go sit at, my dad loved to watch the fire bombers come in and out of the OMAC airport. And we'd go sit on the side of the runway with like a picnic dinner and watch the, uh, they're like world war two era. Uh, like that plane we jumped out of in Florida. Yeah. Same, same model aircraft, but yeah. repurposed as uh, fire retardant bombers. And they'd come in to refuel and rearm with fire retardant and then head yeah. back out to the big fires.
1: Yeah. Look at all these retarded planes. <laughs> 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 fucking so cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I heard a, uh, one time somebody was scuba diving and a fucking one of those oh, like helicopters came and picked him up and didn't no. know and oh, fucking no. dropped them in the middle of That's got to be urban, man. Yeah. They, got, they, they were like, be. oh, we went back through and we found a guy in fucking... I wonder if they've ever got a Sasquatch caught in, the, fucking, caught in the helicopter. scuba gear out there. The and Sasquatch like, How the swim? Fuck?
0: Of course he does. So you think he's ever been, you think a Sasquatch has ever got caught up by one of those helicopters? No, okay, they're, you got to look at two, his two, nose. That's two.
3: what matters. If he swims like chimpanzees, no- like our noses are mm-hmm. flared and like uh, water won't go up. Cause we have air, we have positive pressure. Uh-huh. Right. But if you have a chimp that or an ape, right? <laughs> so this is the aquatic ape theory. This is a real thing. I'll, I'll this is why it. they Here don't think monkeys swim. But if you have something like a chimpanzee with a front facing nose, they don't do well underwater. So I don't know if Sasquatch. I got to see his nose. We gotta, yeah. we gotta
0: find uh, us some river yeah. champions. Here, yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Wait, but does that mean? That just means he doesn't dive, right? You can still breaststroke with your head above. Yeah, water. fucking can doggy you, paddle. Can dude. you make a?
0: Can you yeah. make a nose plug for a chimp? Yeah, does their nose fit that way? You can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus I think Christ.
1: It, I th- I would imagine, uh, you know, Sasquatch swims. Pretty
0: well. Pretty well. He does everything good. Dude, yeah, he's got he's flippers on. Basically, breath holds. How deep, how, I don't know what's his. What's his underwater time? Three minutes? Eight minutes? Maybe he can. He's hold mystical. Us. So yeah, do they eat fish? Hold? Do they eat
1: fish? Yeah, I heard yeah, he's okay. a pescatarian, yeah, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Gotcha. <laughs> I thought they like deer uh, and humans. They might. Yeah. They might that's a, you know right. a myth, but fuck.
3: Remember every like year there was someone like and a lot of it came out of florida and they're like we have hair and we believe that this is sasquatch but yeah. you don't hear that as much
2: but down da- but down there let's get our terminology correct it's a skunk ape <laughs> it's, it's a, a skunk, ape, skunk is ape is that what they call it yep, really fucking skunk <laughs> dude. Kidding it ain't me. it ain't I, sasquatch or the yeti it's skunk ape big foot no you know? is wow, it smaller wow, than it
0: is here is it like a little three foot thing that scurries <laughs> i don't know man
2: i'm i've still been hunting them dude i just only found prints
1: all right fair enough i uh there's this guy who is a uh, what's this YouTube thing? Learn to hunt. This guy up in uh, British Columbia who just fucking smacks a bunch of uh, blacktails. He's he's got crazy blacktails that he shoots every fucking year. But his somewhere along the lines, I don't know if he like just is like, hey, this YouTube thing is really panning out. When I talk about Bigfoot, but he <laughs> has some fucking Bigfoot <laughs> stories, and he's like, I you know, he spends his entire life in the fucking woods. And he's just like, no, people can laugh, people can joke, but Bigfoot's fucking real. And, like, here's the proof I have. If you don't, like, check that shit out. Uh, I think it's uh, How to Hunt is his YouTube channel. And fucking A. He's got amazing stories.
2: Dude, (laughs) you go down the rabbit hole, man, there's, like, the Anunnaki, there's all these, like, freaking, mm -hmm. like, giants, like, even, like, the old David and Goliath thing, and then they talk about, like, how large there were of beings that have roamed planet Earth and the skeleton lot like, you kind of put all that together, like, you can come come to the conclusion of, like, hmm, yeah, that's actually pretty plausible that, like, something massive... Yeah, we, we just here.
0: did an episode with our friend Tyler a couple weeks ago and uh talking about, like, Tartarian architecture, and you look at some of these buildings that have, like, these massive oak doors that are 14 feet high <laughs> and with these giant hinges on them, and it's like, why did a... Per- is it, is it, did they really hang a 2,000 pound oak door for aesthetics? Right. I, don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, but it makes Turns out
2: this club we found is actually a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> These people were massive <laughs> or talented.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Goddamn. Uh, you know what? I saw something like that down in, uh, <laughs> And for, strip club, I so. knew a girl once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. world's biggest
3: dildo. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Uh, That's what you
1: saw. Fucking, what's that place called? Dante's or what's the? Dante's what's, Inferno, maybe? No, what's the fucking uh, the strip club down there? I know you
2: know all. Uh, I don't know all of them. I'm actually, uh, so Mary's is like the oldest one. He's <laughs> <laughs> like Mary's, Cherries, yeah. Bambi's, yeah. Honeys. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. There's the toolbox. I only know the toolbox, the cockpit, <laughs> uh,
1: meat the locker, m- the manhole, yeah, manhole, <laughs> <laughs> the good uh, ones. Yeah, uh, jeez, uh, yeah. But I saw, I saw some crazy shit happen there. I like, I'll bet you did. Yeah, at, at the meat locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: First time always in a strip club is like. Like, you, you think, it's like, I mean, it's got to be like war. You're like, I envision this is what it's going to be like, and then you go in it, and you're like, this is way different. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is a,
1: way sad. Yeah. This is too sad Yeah. Here. yeah, 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 yeah. I need uh, to leave. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> like, yeah,
0: it's kind of like going into the uh, the Indian casinos. You're like, oh, this is kind of depressing, and yeah, <laughs> I just, now I just want to yeah. leave. You're not
2: yeah. you're not giving dollar bills to for, like, entertainment. You're actually like, I feel really bad here. Here's uh here's $40. Yeah,
3: go. I, I
1: don't need anything. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah, no, I don't
3: want anything. Just put that in a savings account. You know, <laughs> start like, a fucking IRA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah All these girls uh, going to medical school.
2: It's <laughs> depressing. <laughs> I know. That's actually a good point. Like, so, so when you go to a dentist's office and you're greeted with a, a, a female <laughs> dentist or like doctor, you look at him and you're wondering like, what was your state? How made? did you get through doc? You know? Medical school, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> were you a stardust or is it more <laughs> of a, you know, ecstasy? Was that your name? Like you just got to sh- say,
0: hey, Mercedes, and see if she looks
3: up.
0: <laughs> All coy. <laughs> oh, uh,
3: paging Dr. Manson to the main stage. <laughs> right.
0: yeah. 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 Oh, shit. All right.
1: Well, what I went to school down in Portland um, uh, or, you know, a little south of Portland, and you would run into people that were strippers. Just You'd just meet them like it was just like they're out there normal people it was crazy yeah uh, but there there's so many fucking strip clubs down there you'd, yeah. you'd have, be a friend with this chick and you'd find out like two months later she's a fucking stripper and it's like uh-huh. yeah. imagine that yeah. she's like I'm a dancer I was like,
2: well that, yeah. that's that's the thing man like everyone I'm sure like tries to like would you say you're um how you identify like politically is you're you're homeless you don't have a, yeah. a, a someone you get affiliate with like that's how i feel when you come to these places like someone's like oh you were you were a ranger you're a fireman you know so you must like think you're you must be like in this conservative right, right camp i was like well i don't know man not really i mean i think like that's awesome that we got all these freaking strip clubs and if someone wants to have an abortion or this i just do whatever the fuck you want you want to smoke pot like all right cool man i don't care like Dude, I, I appreciate that about some of these bigger cities. It's just like, yeah, they're, they're not as uptight, right? And so and when it comes to sex, like, yeah, they're not uptight about mm-hmm. that shit down there. There's more strip clubs, I think, per, per capita. capita than any other any other city yeah. here in, in the States.
0: More than Vegas? More yes. than Vegas. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes.
2: yeah.
1: Some would say better. Really? Well, you can drink at them. Oh, Right. I think you could probably drink of the ones in bed. That's a too. recipe for
0: disaster. So no,
1: it's it's not. It's it's there's some places where you go down there and it's like bright and like happy and it just happens to be that those <laughs> are titties yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, Having it's, the best yeah. steak ever to oh, eat. Oh yeah. No. Acropolis. I saw I shit you not. <laughs> I saw <laughs> Yeah. I was and I was driving past, okay. I wasn't in there. Uh I saw a fucking minivan pull up with a family in it. Dad jumps out and got takeout from the fucking strip club. No shit. Because, yeah, Acropolis sells, uh, they were like fucking $6 steaks or whatever. I'm yeah. like, sure shit. Right. Like, Here's a fucking family, and fucking minivan. Dad yeah. goes and gets a takeout from the strip dude, club. Jen, yeah. get the boys. We're going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, dude, that kind
2: of stuff, I appreciate. Yeah. Letting everybody live on the street, taking shits on the street, and shooting heroin on the street. That, that, that's yeah. what I don't like. That comes, yeah. comes with the territory, unfortunately, you know. Yeah,
1: you should have to have a fucking W-2 to do the drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how you get them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No shit, Fuckers. man. But, yeah, I mean, with, with all of that, what is your most crazy story you've seen? You kind of glossed over, I think we asked earlier, but I don't know that you.
2: Oh, oh, did you, I didn't, I didn't miss the question. Um, uh, it's, it's hard on the spot because I do flush calls after, um, after I go out, uh, there's like, there's always like gory stuff, you know, like person missing a head and you're wondering how, how that happened you're just like, okay, all, all right, interesting. But, um, but actually just one that comes to mind, I was telling Toby the other day, um, is that our they had um, in any of your guyss it's pretty it's, it's fairly new they have um, uh, these things called the the Lucas machine and it's like something that actually like pumps your chest and does the compressions. Um, AI taking you. everybody's fucking Dude, jobs. It's yeah. taking it all in. <laughs> taking your jobs. <laughs> fucking Lucas. Bring in Lucas. <laughs> and it's this machine. <laughs> but, um, but what we've been finding is with that machine and the, like really good compressions is that like people are coming back to life in the middle of the whole CPR algorithm. And then so it's like you'll be doing compressions and then hands are starting to come up and like grabbing your arms to have you stop because that's hurting. You're like pushing down on their sternum, right? And you're like, oh, fuck. And you move your hands. And then just kind of go back out. Well, the other day, we had this guy literally wanting to fight us. Like his wife was doing compressions on him. He had one of those defibrillators. And it would shock him back. And he'd come back. And we're all in there. And he's like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, fuck you. What are you doing? Why am I laying on the ground? We're like, sir, sir. Like, he's like trying to get up and fight us, and his freaking clothes are half on and off. So he's like trying to fight us with his pants like around his ankles. And you're like, what the hell, man? Because he was in the bathroom when the stuff went down. That's why his pants were in the around his ankles. So I'm told. But um, and it's like, sir, you just uh you just were were unconscious. Oh, I don't care. And then all of a sudden he sits down and then he starts starts going down right he's fucking (laughs) the eyeballs roll in the back of his head he goes down we look he's in v-tac which is a shockable rhythm we're gonna throw pads we're like shock him he's like shocks you know like all right and then he starts coming back up like get the fuck out of my house and now he's fighting us again we're like dude i'm looking at the guys like what dude this never happened to me before what the fuck the wife's like honey calm down you you're having heart attack and then um so we're like i don't know i don't know how to manage the situation like and then all of a sudden he starts going down again. I'm like, oh, good, good. Don't shock him. Get him. Oh, so we strapped him <laughs> on the gurney. So we did not shock him. We got him freaking strapped in first. And then it's like he could do the care, like, to get his stuff back again. Like, before he comes back, too. And then let's get him on the way to the hospital. That was weird. Like, we have weird shit that comes. Um, But, like, yeah, but craziest dude. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. His, It'll come to
1: was me. it an old, old couple? Like they It was an together? older couple, yeah. And Man, just she's just used to this shit. He's like, he's fucking doing it again, fighting everybody, whatever. <laughs> right. You're brick. a prick, dude. <laughs> yeah.
3: I had to do a week at Harborview in yeah. Seattle yeah. for my EMT and stuff. Right. And you had a full week?
1: Yeah. Oh, fuck. I did. I did and day, 10 hours.
3: We found the amount of people that come with butt injuries. Oh,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be honest. This it's kind of out of Kozak control went through EMT just so he could treat like, uh, hey, yeah. I got a light bulb in my ass. It was kind of out of control, man. Good Lord.
2: There was um it wasn't I wasn't the call I was on, but but a friend was telling me how I want to say it was like an RV fire or a van fire to where the guy did pass who was in it um but when they got the the body out and then they're kind of like putting hot spots out they looked and it was just like his own personal f shack for himself like he had every item like set down every plug every stump every like row of beads it was just like all this anal play freaking stuff just Toby's lining face. the freaking walls and the shelves and this guy's just living in his van by himself yeah, hopefully dude. hopefully it's just by himself and it's there's no other disgusting. willing <laughs> participants. yeah yeah but just you're just like wow uh, dude. like man. all right Jesus. yeah that so is- hey God. Collecting did, did like he have a dishwasher in there or was he uh, <laughs> action figures
0: right. I, I assume he's just <laughs> yeah. wiping them down with yeah. a paper towel yeah. purel yeah. god damn yeah. that is fucking gross yeah
2: i mean i'm sure it would never happen but it would be funny if the fire crew after all the immediate dangers are that no one is haphazardly finding large uh phallic objects that are laying around someone's place just so they could hit the other guy with <laughs> these freaking big rubber dongs before we have to leave the house yeah. that never that would, would happen yeah. um at all especially if they were the ones with the suction cups we would not want to stick that on someone else's pack
3: and have that thing flopping around while they're on the, pulling seal their
1: fucking helmet yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. it'd be
3: hard it'd be like a tire fire i feel like those dildos would be the last to be put out right yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah right yeah exactly yeah dude
0: all right well <laughs> <laughs> leave yeah. it on, on flaming bill uh, though we're gonna, we're gonna leave it at uh homeless encampment uh, butt bugs in a in a minivan and uh i'll set it to plug training northwest dave teaches our uh, first aid classes and so I think we'll be doing more of that in the future for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys, come, <laughs> come on out. We'll talk. Come meet them yourself. We'll, we'll come talk butt plugs <laughs> yep. and uh, CPR and T uh, Triple C. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's it. Yeah, come on out. Uh, keep 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 your skill set up and um, and I mean, kid, this is and this is not just like a. Uh, Something that is someone that has is like a hunter or Someone you're thinking like oh, I got to carry a gun like this is for anybody like there was a there was an old old guy the other day who we saved with Tourniquets combat gauze pressure dressing who had a fistula like ripped out of his leg He just goes to dialysis and that was like the port that you plug into To do recirculate all of your um, all your blood and that got removed and this dude had an ar- a squirting arterial bleed Jeez. And he didn't get shot right so it's like it may be that so like you know uh husbands wives um desk jockeys kids anybody can go to one of these things too and that's that's kind of different than from the range you're not gonna like hey here kid like toss a 12 year old the whole setup yet maybe and um and have them do this stuff but yet they can come and get, get that training so you know when you do leave the kids home alone like well, hey, they can they can fucking handle their own and and patch something if something
0: bad happens. Yeah, almost everybody's witnessed a car accident, so absolutely, there, there's always you know the case and need for bleeding control, and yeah. the difference. You know, you just understanding how to put on a tourniquet or pack a wound real fast can be the difference between someone bleeding out or not in that eight minutes while you're waiting for an ambulance to show up. Absolutely. Instead of just standing there filming it with your fucking iPhone like an idiot. Yeah, grab a tourniquet pull off your t-shirt and pack that wound
2: yeah another thing too like a broken a broken femur like broken leg you can bleed out internally and not really have any external thing that you see needs that tourniquet and um from a car wreck or a fall or whatever and you start you come to this class and start kind of learning some of the basic signs and symptoms like oh no no i can put a tourniquet on now too and that's still going to save them i mean that's that's what it's all about
0: Hmm. yeah all right. Well, you can find me at uh, trainingnorthwestllc.com, and we're also on YouTube and Instagram at Training Northwest. You can find Dave at the Meat Locker, and you guys, you guys, uh, every Tuesday night, I think, uh, every Tuesday night, and then and then Thursdays
2: I'm at the Cockpit. It's a it's a nautical or a, a flying
0: theme. Are you dancing? Or are you just there? Is that like eight dollar steak night?
2: You got to pay the cover to find out. All right. Jordan, did you want to follow that?
1: (laughs) No, no. I think uh, I think we'll get an Instagram going and an email going for.
0: uh, Oh, for the the, podcast. For the podcast. I just heard Jordan volunteer. Yeah, perfect. Do that. All righty. Over now, guys.